Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. You know, I didn't want to get in the car. I actually... With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Well, hello there and welcome to Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. It is good to be with you again. I am Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight on Twitter. And I've noticed a few of you reaching out to me there, so thank you very much. Joining me as always is the Serial Killer Whisperer. She's a true crime author and a criminologist. Someone and only Amanda Howard. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Robert. And I have to say, I finally watched a little bit of one of our podcasts and and I was quite impressed. (laughs) If you do say so yourself. (laughs) I mean, I could only just sort of get through the intro, but um, I I watched it on Patreon and I went, oh, wow, this is quite professional. (laughs) Well, we try, Amanda, we try. Um, I know, I know. We're returning with our fifth episode in our season on Chris Watts. Now, we ended last week with Watts agreeing to take a polygraph test. What can we expect this episode? Well, you know, um, as I say, people shouldn't go into these interviews alone, and he does. And the way that this polygraph goes is quite interesting and, um, I, I mean, no spoiler alert here because we all know how it ends up, but it's just interesting the way they do it. It is totally not like what we see on TV and we've had to actually cut this down quite a lot because there is so many gaps and, and the way they do it, I was, I was fascinated. Well, if Amanda's fascinated, you know it will be fascinating, <laughs> so let's get into it. Well, as we said, this is Episode 5 of Chris Watts, and where we pick up, Agent Coda leaves the room for a moment, but not before putting a picture of the Watts family on the table in front of him. When he returns, he asks Watts how he's feeling, and after a lengthy reflection on his two daughters, and in particular their shoes, that's when Watts does something chilling. Look at that picture. Somebody sent me, or it was a side by side of 
balance less than Schmidt, never the post to like one of the news companies. Okay. This was the picture they used with the girls. Now, this is interesting. He's certainly playing the part. Now, those watching the video cast will have seen we added an edit there. But what spoke about his two daughters for four minutes? Now, he barely mentions Shanann, except to say she brought the shoes. But then turning to Coda and saying, you need to find them, Amanda. Yes, and see what was meant to happen here by by providing that photo that they're there to see what this um, innate reaction is like. Is he going to crumble and break down and go, oh, my God, where are my girls? Or is he going to do like he did? Oh, she loved those shoes. Oh, the other one preferred her her shoes. One's crazy and one's calm. And he sort of went on talking about them, but he didn't go to that place of deep emotion. He was Mm. just at that point of, yeah, you know, this is it, I'm, I'm accepting that they're probably not coming home, rather than breaking down at the side of that photo. So that's the first time he sort of pushes him to see if, if he's going to go over. There is a box of tissues in that room, um, which we will get to in another episode. <laughs> but it's just interesting that he really, he, he, he doesn't respond. He just sort of goes along with it rather than having that emotional breakdown that should have happened right there. Interesting. Well, Coda doesn't mince words for long and asks Watts to go into more detail about the fight that they had that morning. You remember the fight they had in the middle of the night? And Coda's response is priceless. So you've done very good in talking to me about this really hard conversation you guys had. Okay. Very good. That's sometimes hard. And I understand why sometimes someone in your position says, uh, doesn't want to tell me about that because please go help me find my kids and you don't need to know about my my marriage argument, okay? So I gotta say, you've done very good at that um, and I need you to keep doing that. So I need to ask you about um, your marriage and uh, infidelity, okay? Okay, tell me about it. I have never cheated on my wife. Okay. And I fully suspect she has never done that to me. Oh, okay. Like, she's always been a trustworthy person. I've always been a trustworthy person. I fully expect if we ever thought about straying another way Mm -hmm. that we would tell each other before it happened. I think that sounds ridiculous. Well, if Watts thought Skoda was on his (laughs) side before, I'm sure he doesn't now. <laughs> oh, you can feel the heat coming off that burn, that's for sure. Um, Go to the burns this unit. is exactly what we need to. I know, I know. This is so crazy. It was like when I watched her for the first time, my daughter come running in to see what I was cheering about because she <laughs> knew I was writing a podcast episode. She's what happens? I had to show her too. She had the same reaction. It's like, oh my God, burn. Um, but yeah, this is about now judgment. So, um, you know, what's thought that he was being calm and collected and answering questions of being truthful and Coda just goes in there and basically says bullshit and so our bullshit it has come really early in 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 this interrogation so but it's just so much fun to see that Watts was doing this earnest and 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 heartfelt plea and you know that he's never cheated on his wife and his wife's never cheated on him and then he goes I don't believe you 
Yeah. Why I love it. I love it. Surprised the paramedics didn't come in, dousing him with water and burn <laughs> cream. Anyway, look, after yeah, pleading exactly. his case for loving his kids and having fallen out of love with Shanann for more than 10 minutes, Coda asks Watts a very interesting question. What do I do to help you walk out of this room and not look like the person who's responsible? You have to trust me that when I tell you that these two beautiful girls right here, I did nothing to them. And to my beautiful wife, I did nothing to her. Like, you have to trust me and believe me. Like, I know you don't know me as a person. You've known me for like two and a half, three hours. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what your opinion is. But you have to realize that these two beautiful girls right here and my wife, I had nothing to do with the disappearance. Like, they vanished. They were taken. Someone take, has taken them. They're safe somewhere. We don't know. I had nothing to do with, these, with, this, with this act of, like, evil cruelty, whatever has happened here. Because my love for these two girls and my wife, like, I don't want anything to happen to them. I've never wanted anything to happen to them. No matter if me and my wife separate or not, or divorce or anything, I never wish harm on anybody, on any human being in general. Okay. Like, just seeing that picture, like, I need them, I, I want them just to run through that front door and just grab me, mm-hmm. or just barrel, just tackle me, knock me to the floor, bust my head, I don't care. The amount of love I have for my family is exponential, and I, it's never going to die. And they need, I want them back. Okay. Jeez, Amanda, that was pretty emphatic. Now, we know what he did to them, but do you think he really did love them, even though he did do unspeakable things to them? I think this is one of those moments that's really hard to tell. And, you know, I know that I go over this and and, and I can tell you when they lie and, and they don't lie, but I really think that his plan didn't include the girls. I think he was expecting to do this at 4 a.m. because the girls were asleep, get rid of mummy and she's out of, of the picture and then they wake up and he, he, he gets to sort of just be dad by himself. I think he mm-hmm. does love them. But, you know, do you really do these horrible things to someone you love? Literally, um, Bella watched CC get killed. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty hardcore and it's amazing um, that he was that brutal. So, you know, it's, it's very hard to, to juxtapose love with, with, with these sorts of actions. But I really think that they ended up being collateral damage. I don't think that they were planned on being victims. I mean, I know that there's um, stories about uh, the woman he was having an affair with and things like that and not wanting children, and we've heard that stuff before, like with um, Scott Peterson. But really, I think this went wrong because, as we know, Mum um, Shanann started, uh, like, calling out and crying that Bella actually came in and saw what was going on. So yeah. I think it was then that he realised he had to take them both. But I... I <laughs> You know, I don't like to think the worst of everyone, and these are the most disgusting, vile people there are, and and I, I don't make um, any sort of excuses for them, but I really don't think they were meant to be part of the plan. So Sure, but even, even if they were, can two things be true? That he's a killer, but he also did love them, but maybe he saw no way out. You know, yeah. we can't really... That's what I think, yeah. Yeah, get into the mind of a killer. Or you, you're probably the no. closest person who can. But 
The yeah, idea, and, and that's why it is hard. Yeah, but the idea that he really did love them, and, and when you see him right there speaking from that point of view, it's almost in his head that he's blocked out the fact that he actually did kill them. He's very believable in that clip. Yeah. He's very emphatic. He's very much like speaking from a truth. But we know he killed mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, as you said, can we place these two things side by side? Absolutely. You know, a lot of people kill the person that they love. You know, that's why we have these crimes of passion. And I think that's what this was. It was there was no way that he could get out of this with his daughter seeing what they what what they had just seen him, him do to his mm. wife. So I think it, that's why this happened at 4am. That's why this was going on so early. I think that he hoped the girls would sleep through it. Yeah. All right. Well, Coda then asks Watts or gets Watts to go over the day once more, but he still finds it unbelievable. So let's have the hard conversation again. Okay. How old are they? Four and three. They'll be five in December. Okay. Every day that goes by, it gets harder to find where we don't find your girls. It's going to get harder to find. We're going to have less clues, things that we need to get and we need to use. The methods that we need to do to find them are going to start getting blown away by weather, getting re-recorded over themselves at the surveillance store that's going to tell us. All of that is going to disappear. Okay. And that's why we're going to spend so much time today, tomorrow, as, as in the front as we can, right? You can also imagine that every day that goes by, we're going to be looking for the man who did this, okay? And you can imagine that we're going to inc- include you as that man. Oh. So let's talk about that. I think that you're trying to put on a brave face because you're a man and you're a father and you're a husband. I can tell that there's just something you're not telling me. And I'm not sure what it is. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why you're not telling me, but there's something that's making you a little bit uncomfortable tonight. I just don't believe some of the things you're telling me. Okay, I just don't. I simply do not believe you. What makes you think? What what have I said that makes you not believe me at all? Wow. He's laid it all on the line here. There's no (laughs) doubt he is now a prime suspect. But what's almost tripped up there, didn't he? He did. He was going to say, what parts of this didn't you understand? Like, didn't you believe? And so I think it's interesting that he he, he knows that that's what he, he was he was going to say, but he pulled it back. And we know that when uh, what starts to stutter, that he's in a point where he has to sort of carefully tread and that's why he he stumbles. And he does the, the open hands of like begging of, you know, what what is there that, you know, I I said that wasn't truthful and he's wanting to rather than saying no you know i'm i'm 
innocent, what he does is he actually says the opposite by asking those questions. He's deflecting the accusation mm. by trying to steer it to somewhere else. So um, he knows now that literally and and metaphorically he is in the corner and he knows that he has to come out fighting or he has to go down. So, um, yeah, it's it's this is where I love. These are the moments where it can go either way and it takes a, an, a good agent or, or detective to actually get past this moment of complete denial and deflection. Yeah, it's a very interesting moment when he goes, I don't believe you. I think you did it. Uh, Coda then goes into another train of thought and he uses your favourite book, A Tale of Two Cities, an example in what he calls the tale of two Chris's. This just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up. So can we talk about two Chris's? Okay. Two Chris's. The tale of two Chris's? Okay. Um... And you need to help me know which Chris I'm looking at today and which Chris you really are. So Chris number one is right here, right? And fell out of love with his wife, okay? Started wondering what it might be if he didn't have a wife to take care of and a girls to take care of. Spent some time alone, liked that time alone, came home, may or may not have had a conversation about how to get out of this marriage or how to fix it, but probably how to get out of it, is looking at a bachelor pad in Brighton and did something terrible to his wife and kids. And that may have been an accident, and I think it was an accident. That's not the Chris you're looking at right now. No. Well, the Chris you're looking at is the man who loves these kids and loves his wife and will never, ever, ever do anything to harm them. That's the Chris you're looking at right now. The Chris you're looking at right now wants these kids and his wife back at his house right now. That's the Chris you're looking at. Why didn't you call 911? I didn't think anything was wrong. I think you knew what was wrong. I did not know what was wrong, sir. I promise you that. He's getting angry, isn't he? This is a losing fight. It is, and there was so much that has just happened. Now, we talk about this moment. This is where he has put it all on the line. Code has put it on the line too, and so they've come to sort of that, that stone wall that they now have to fight through who's going to win that. And the tale of two cities, it just breaks my heart that he, he continues to reference that book. <laughs> Not that he's using it correctly, but anyway, that's a whole nother, another oh. story. But you know, there was so much that happens there. Like when uh, Chris says, sir, then you know, like that is showing, a basis that's him saying to coda 
you know, you're in charge and, and I'm sort of the underling and so I sort of have to beg to you like, a, you know, a child would to a mum for, you know, an extra slice of cake. But what we're actually seeing is that he's still aggressive. He's still leaning towards Coda. He's not filling up those gaps as much as he could be. He's trying to cut down his word choices now because he knows that he's getting close to slipping up. He's felt it a couple of times and he is losing this battle, as you said. My favourite part in that clip was when Coda just dropped a little bit of a bomb in there and said he has a bachelor pad, I think he said Brighton, I, I can't remember the exact yeah, location, yeah. but that's a detail that if Chris didn't know they knew at that point, it's like just threw it in, didn't make a big deal of it. I think he had his bachelor <laughs> yep. pad in Brighton, he... Uh, he liked that life. That's a, yeah, we know. We know. We've done the yeah. checks. We know what you're up to. I loved that moment. Out of that whole clip, that was my favourite amount. <laughs> Yeah, and absolutely. These are great points that they keep coming up because they need to come in with their homework. And this is the part that we don't get to see. This officer, this agent is absolutely plied up with everything he possibly mm. needs to throw at him. He knows that Chris is having an affair. He knows what um, where his, his phone pinged. He knows the SMSs he, he sent to his girlfriend. He knows, you know, what time Shanann got home and all of this. He has to have all of this in his head ready to go. He can't just sort of go, oh, hang on a sec, I'll check my notes and, and throw something out. He has it in that general conversation, yeah. as you said. So it's a little thing just to say, aha, I've done my homework, so keep trying to bullshit me, mate. Mm. Well, Coda then ups the ante in antagonising Watts to see where he can push him. And he begins with the fact that he did not call 911. We saw this a moment ago, but he's going to push it again. What do you think it's going to look like when someone finds out that it was not you that called 911. Everybody's going to have their own perception about what's going on here, but I know my wife. I know that sometimes she doesn't text me back. I know that happens. I've, I've, I've been that. It's happening multiple times throughout many days. If she's busy with work, it doesn't happen. That's why it didn't register for me that day. We're back to his tale of two Chris's Chris. Okay. There's a Chris who cares. Um, I care. I promise. Tell me about the call to your daycare. To the primrose? I called them to see if the girls were there. I said they weren't there. Okay. I told them since they weren't there, just put them back on the waiting list. That's not what you told me. I told him that we were going to sell the house. Or we could put it on the market. We probably won't be in the area anymore. That's two different things, Chris. Well, I wanted them to be back on, I put them on the waiting list since they weren't there. Why weren't they there? I don't know. Where were they going to go? They went to a, Shanann took them to a friend's house. Why wouldn't they go to daycare? <laughs> I am not sure. Honestly, sir, I am not sure. It's hard for me as a father to talk to you about this. I know. Not because it's a hard issue to talk about. It's because I'm worried about your daughters under your care. I shouldn't have to worry about them under my care. 
Okay. I watched them all weekend. I went to went to a pool party. Went to a pool party at Jeremy Lindstrom's house. It's like I love those kids with all my heart, and nothing in this world would ever make me do anything to these kids or my wife. Hmm. The wife seemed like an, uh, a bit of an afterthought there. She certainly was, and my wife. It's like, yeah, and her, you know. It's, But it's amazing. He made up a lie that he didn't need to. Had he just said, oh, I assume that she got up and took the girls to daycare and then went to her doctor's appointment, no one would question it because that's what her plans were. Just proves that he has no idea what Shadan does or he would have known that she had a very important gynae um, appointment that day. So it's just interesting that he made up this massive elaborate lie that he didn't need to. And this is where people know that they lie because they change things that 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 aren't important, but they make it important to sort of hide what's really going on. Uh, the tale of two Chris's is still really hurting me. But, you know, um, he's he's just, he doesn't want to appear as a bad dad. And as Coda said, father to father, I'm not liking this. You know, it's that's, he knows that's the end. That's what Chris will, will falter on because he doesn't care that he's saying that he killed his wife. It's the two girls that is really sort of hitting home that he has to continue with this charade purely because he doesn't want to be seen as a child killer. Mm. Well, have a look at this next bit because Coda puts it to Watts and this is almost like a threat where that he says as he's leaving the room that there is another room full of cops who think he's a killer. When you walk out of this room, there's nothing I can say to a room full of police officers that's going to convince them that you have nothing to do with this. I know. You know what they think. I, I know it all that all of her, yeah. Here's a guy who didn't call 911, who woke his wife up at a ridiculous hour because he was so guilty about something that he had to get it off his chest and say, I don't love you anymore, I'm leaving you. That didn't go well. Okay, so what happened? She told me she wanted me to wake her up before I left. That's why I didn't just wake her up, like, just to tell her this. Like, I woke her up. That's what she wanted to do, and we talked. Like, usually at 4 a.m., I wake up, I go down and work out. This day, I wanted to talk to her about this. I love these girls. I love these girls so much. And this picture right here, Celeste and Bella, those are my life. I'm helped make those kids. There's nothing in my life that means more to me than these kids. Nothing. Kids, that's that's your life, that's your lifeline. That's everything. Like you make kids, they come first before anything. Kids, spouse, family. That's what it's always been. Nothing you've told me tonight makes sense. Nothing you've told me tonight feels like the truth. Wham! Another burn. Like. <laughs> He's just throwing it in there, isn't he? Like, he's saying, 
You're a liar. I think you're a killer too. Exactly. It's so good, you know, like Chris is, you know, what is it like God, army, country or whatever it is, he's, he's trying to do that to sort of um, say, you know, that I, I have this mantra of, you know, that the kids are the most important thing to me. But we're going to find out that over this weekend where he said he took them all these wonderful places, he's going to later confess that he dumped them with someone else and went off with his girlfriend. So, you know, um, <laughs> but Coda knows this, but he knows this isn't the time to bring this up. He wants Chris to go this way so he can say, all of this is lies and I keep calling you on, on your lies but you're not changing your story and you don't realise you're wasting your time because we already know and there's a room full of cops out there who know that you're a killer. It's interesting. Watts has no response to Coda's refusal to believe him. He's shocked. He seems shocked that he doesn't believe him, but he's about to drop into a ruse that we've seen multiple times where he offers Watts a different scenario. Now, this is a ploy that has worked but will it work this time? Can we start over? Sure. I think that there's something that happened that got maybe a little bit out of control. There was no fight. There was nothing physical. It was a it was a conversation. There was there's no we didn't raise our voice. Nothing. I promised you that, sir. There was there was nothing physical with this conversation. What was the last thing? What was the last thing you saw about your daughters? Nothing I saw, like when I left. What did it look like? Saw him in the monitor as it was switching back and forth. What's the last thing you saw with your wife? She was laying back in bed as I was walking out the door, walking out the bedroom door. Okay. He's quite calm and still, isn't he? But adamant that he's a peaceful man. Yeah, and it's just crazy because we know that they had this big emotional fight and they were both crying and they were both hysterical, you know, and now we're saying, you know, it, it, it was an important thing to have, but, you know, I'm peace and calm and there's no way that it, it went to a point of violence. So he just keeps trying on this, you know, I, I'm this poor innocent guy who should be grieving his family, but he's not grieving his family. Mm. So it just keeps going around and around and around. And he's saying things here that will now be brought back later because Coda knows that it's not the truth. But he just sometimes Joe can tell the Coda things, I know something happened there, but I don't have it right here with me because you can actually get cases thrown out because he says, no, 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 because on Tuesday night you went out with your girlfriend. If he does something like that, not 100% sure, then they can say, and he said yesterday and that was wrong, so the whole interrogation's wrong. So what we're seeing here is that Coda knows something and he's trying to elude that he knows something, but obviously he doesn't quite have that right detail to throw at him just yet. Ah, gotcha. You know, Amanda, what's interesting is a lot of people who listen to Monsters Who Murder are always keen for the next episode. 
And I always say to them, well, the next episode's actually available to everyone listening through Patreon or watching through Uscreen. So if you are fascinated by what you're hearing or seeing right now, you can get the next episode straight away if you're on the free podcast. Just go to patreon.com slash MWM Confessions. And for as little as $5, you can get full access to the back catalogue plus early access to new episodes. On the $10 tier, you get that, and you get bonus episodes. For $20, you get all of that, and a video call with the group of people on that tier every month. And you get Amanda and I thrown into the mix just for your good fortunes or maybe your bad fortunes. Those on the $25 tier also get access to the video version of this podcast. And those who take out the $50 tier get a Monster 2 Murder Cup and they get one-on-ones with Amanda each month where they can pick her brain about anything. And I forgot to mention those on the $10 tier and above also get access to the secret Facebook group, which will soon be migrating over to Patreon. So if you want access to that group, you really have to get onto Patreon. And if you just want the videos, you can get them for as little as $5 an episode at Monsters Who Murder or MWM uscreen.io or you can take out a $15 per month subscription which gives you full access to the back catalogue of videos and new videos every month Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does They charge you a lot, we charge you a little So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. Coda then asks for Watts to think of the elusive suspect who took his children. And what would he do with them? Watts, though, his response is quite unusual. When we find the guy who took him, what do you think we should do? Honestly, they're going to come home safe, correct? When you find the guy. When we find the guy, they're going to come home. Life in prison would be the, that's that's what I would think with two kids that are involved. What if he hurt them? Did, uh, did, did, I'm not sure if like that penalty is even used. Is it used in Colorado? I'm not even sure what is a death penalty. Okay. Um, I mean, like, if these kids are not alive, like, there's no, there's nothing you could do to to cope with that, to make me cope with that. If those kids are not okay. You know, the agent seems to go in hard and then seems to back off. Why is he doing that? 
Well, it's a bit of a game of cat and mouse, but he's actually cycling the role. So he's he's going in as the aggressor sometimes, and then it then turns tail and goes the opposite way. Where he says things like, you know, think about the guy who did this. What would you like to see done? But with what's saying, oh, I think it's life in prison. He's literally asking, is this what I'm going to get when I confess? Literally, that is what he is saying. And Coda knows that, and so Coda sort of changes these things over and over again because if he asks the same questions in in a pattern then Watts can sort of gauge his his emotions to it and keep on on that same pattern so by going you know um part a part b part a part b Watts can't keep up with this and so he he can't sort of have those emotions come out because his body is isn't prepared to, to fake this but he can't fake it because it keeps swapping and changing so he goes from you're a killer there's a whole room that thinks you're a killer to what would you do to the guy who did this you know it mm. just sort of throws it around and so Watts gets confused he's, he's trying to keep up but it's just sort of throwing him enough that he he can't let his guard down and this is how Coda's going to get him and then he throws this into the mix um tonight's been pretty intense i can imagine how are you feeling <laughs> I, I slept like two hours last night so i'm like running on empty right now but uh, i can see it so why don't we do this i'm sure you don't mind if we take a break for the night um, and I'm sure that you are um, feeling some of the pressure from me okay you're doing your job I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't grill you a little bit right okay I've seen you tell two different guys <laughs> honestly like I've seen like where you're smiling and I've seen where it's it's different yeah I, I can yeah okay. you're doing your job though like I can't fault you for anything you've asked so can I make a commitment to you yes okay I'm going to commit to you that we're not going to stop working until we find them. Okay. Okay. And I want to commit to you that there is going to come a time when you're going to feel this pressure from other people. I'm not the only one who thinks that there's a possibility you have something to do with this. Like another FBI agent, like pressure, or like just like everyone. Okay. Everyone, Chris. Okay. Have you ever watched the news and said two girls and a pregnant woman go missing? Okay, and if that's all you heard, what do you think the public thinks? Husband. Husband. Okay. So, I'm going to make a commitment to you, okay? I'm going to commit to you that I'm going to be your guy, okay? I'm going to be your guy that handles the investigation, okay? And I'm going to be your guy that you can come to, okay? Because I hope that you realize I'm, I'm a nice guy. Um, tonight we had to talk about some tough things, but I hope that you know that I did it respectfully. I think that you can see that. Um, and so as we go on through tonight, the hours, the days, and I hope we don't get to hours or days. I hope it's minutes, right, until this is over. Yes. But just in case it's not, I want you to know that I wanted to be in this room tonight. I wanted to talk to you. Okay. Okay. And I hope that you want to talk to me. Okay. When you have questions, when you have concerns, I want you to call uh, the detective that you work with, and I want you to call me, okay? I want you to know that if you have a question, if you think we're not doing something enough or well enough, I want you to say, I got to call Graham. I got to call Dave. Okay. Okay. When you need to have a night to yell at somebody and maybe have a good cry, I want you to call me. Okay. Okay. I can't imagine what you're going through. I just can't. 
like the last today has been a whirlwind from like yesterday I thought she was just at somebody's house and today with the drones the police and the news I I, I like a scene out of just, just scene out of a movie that's too much it's too much for one person to handle my dad's flying in tomorrow good okay so you have your dad who else do you have uh, Nick and Amanda, Dave, Jeremy. Okay. Now, you've only known me for three hours, but I want to be part of that team. Okay. Okay. So now it's good cop turn again. <laughs> yeah, so we've gone from these really harsh third-degree burns to him saying, you know, I want to be part of your team. I know your dad's here. You know, I know you're going to talk to him, but I want you to make sure you talk to me too because, you know, we're on the same team and we're going to get this going. So this is another part of this cat and mouse game. So he's going before saying, yeah, bullshit, and now he's saying, yeah, but I'm the one that you can trust. I'm the one that you need to come to. Um, so it, yeah, it, it throws him around, and, and even Watts is saying, you know, I don't sort of know what's happening happening so but yeah you know, they I, keep trying. I don't know about this bit i've got to say i i get making him confused but to me he's almost gone like oh mate i i'm your mate i just had to ask you those questions you know i don't really believe you did it yeah. that's how it's coming across now i know that he said other people like me believe that you did it i know he has actually said that but when you're in the mindset of what's at the moment, of fight or flight, I don't think that would have penetrated. And so the smiles and everything, I, I just think it's too confusing. If Coda had said... <laughs> it's meant to be. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I know that. I know that. But to me, if Coda had said, look, Chris, I think he did it. I'm here. I'm running this investigation. I'm not going to give up until I find the person who did it. What you need to know... And, yeah, I am a nice guy, but I will help you. And if you need to, if you're going to confess and talk about it, which you know it'll go better for you if you do, let's have that conversation. I think he's put yeah. himself back 20 paces with this mishmash here. What's, what's in his head right now? And I know, I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm going to do a Kanye. I'm going to let you speak. I'm going to let you speak. <laughs> yeah. To me, Watts is now thinking, I'm all right. This guy, this guy's doing what he has to do, but he's on my side. Yeah, kind of. What, what's no, happening? I'm wrong. It's like, That's your nice um, way of saying I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but. <laughs> oh. This this confusing tactic of him sort of uh, putting him, him back at ease, it means then, yes, it puts them 20 steps back, but they then end up 25 steps ahead because they do this, because they sort of, they aren't going to go out with A, B, C, D, E, F, G. They don't do that. Or oh, I almost did the F, U song then. But anyway, I'm even watching too much TikTok. But... <laughs> <laughs> but um, th this is what they do because it confuses the emotions. As I said before, the cat and mouse game cycles. So now he's playing the mouse and I'm I'm your friend and I'm the one who's who's going to get you through this. And then he goes before and goes, yeah, bullshit. But this will now uh, flip again because he's like he's now sort of making him relax, saying you can go home now and talk to your dad and everything. But he's not going home just yet, and he doesn't realise that. So this is how you know, like if 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 you're 
being thrown, you know, someone's being nice to you, then angry, then nice and angry, like I probably did to you for most of our school life. Um, you know, it, it gets confusing and it gets to a place that you sort of go, oh my God, you know, is I don't know where I stand with this person. And that's what's happening. Mm. All right, let's make, let's go and see how Coda changes the narrative. So we had this Chris, right? Okay, let's talk about the other Chris. He's just right here, okay? I can see that you're a good man, right? You don't have beautiful daughters with good clothing that look well-fed, right? Children that are unhappy don't smile like this, okay? But those are beautiful kids. Those kids have a good dad, and I know it. Let's just get a picture. It's on my phone. Yeah. It's a better one. But it's just... I'll show it to you. But it's... Those kids have a good dad. Good dad that feeds them and that loves them. I was very impressed when I asked you how their day was about how involved you are. Yeah, seriously, I want to see me on the weekend. A lot of dads don't get second pairs of clothes and cook eggs and give them snacks at night. You know, a lot of, a lot of men, that's woman's work, right? I don't like to get involved. But you're not that kind of guy, okay? So, Chris, can you just look at me for one second? If there is something that happened, it's okay. It really is. Yeah. Okay. If something that happened with these girls, if there was an accident, if there's something you're afraid to tell me, it's okay. Yeah. If there's something that happened with your wife, it's okay. Okay. You can always tell me. And if you want to talk 15 minutes after you leave, I'll answer the phone. If you want to talk in the middle of the morning, I'll answer the phone. Okay. What I want to happen is, if that's what happened, if there was something that got out of hand, if there's something you know, I want you to go home and I want you to know that I'm the guy you can talk to, okay, who's not going to judge you. I have kids. Sometimes I, sometimes I joke with my wife, I just need two weeks alone, you know? Like when you told me about your four to five weeks long, I was like, wow, that sounds like a slice of heaven. Okay, this is interesting. He's made it dad to dad, hasn't he? He's trying to absolve him of his crimes if he confesses. Yeah, because he's trying to juxtapose the the good dad with the dad who killed his his two daughters. And, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Coda doesn't even have a family, you know, but it's about this middle-aged man talking to a middle-aged man on on the same situations. We like to, like, if, 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 if someone pours out their heart to you, you often want to see how you reacted because, you know, we often have similar circumstances and, and we can sort of adjust that and say, I know how you feel, you know, because I had, had gone through something similar. We do that as a as, as a place of, of empath. And what we're seeing here is this is what Coda's trying to do. Coda's trying, trying to say something went wrong. This wasn't a highly planned, high-level killing spree that was happening. This is something that just got out of hand and got to have this point. Because don't forget, it's not just murder one that we can have you know there's homicide and and there's all of 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 the different degrees one two three four five and all of this that can happen so he's trying to say well tell me that you know that you had like 
just slipped on shit on the floor from the dog or something and, and, and you went crazy and started this. He's trying to give him that out to say, confess and tell us that, you know, that it wasn't this planned killing. And mm. so he's, he's doing like what we saw with Flores with Jody Arias. We saw him be the right person for the job and Coda, he is the right person for the job. He is the one who's getting Watts to talk. And it's so easy for it to be the wrong person, but this is why he's gone in with the, as a dad to a dad. And that is how um, he's, he's going to get Watts to just relax that bit to say, you know, I'm doing my job, but I get it. Yeah, okay. Well, for the final section of today's episode, we're fast-forwarding to the next day, August 15. It's around 11am and Watts is entering the room with Coda and is introduced to Agent Tammy Lee, the polygraph examiner. Do your dad have availability to use the car if you're going to be here for like an hour or more? Can you drive? I didn't drive. Yeah, okay. And I'll go explain to him everything that's going on. Okay. He, he will know where to go, but... Oh, okay. Well, we can pull the house. He knows how to get to the house, but okay. if it's not ready, he can't go in there. But okay. Does he know how you you GPS on his phone? Yeah, but he wouldn't know like you know where else to go besides my house. Oh, that's true. Okay. Just, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, I can tell him if if he gets to go to my friend's house. If okay, I'm not sure. Like, if I'm be here for an hour or like four hours. You you want me to just go talk to him and let him know when the house is going to be ready and all that, and when he can go because he can go grab a bite to eat or something, right? Oh yeah, like if there's everything should be open by now around here. So. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm sure well, he's, he's been flying since like 5 o'clock East Coast time. So. <laughs> okay, why don't we knock this out? Um, I think it's the best thing to do to move past all of this. Um, and then um, I'll go talk to your dad. He'll have the keys. Everything will be good. Okay. No, it's all very relaxed. Casual, casual. Hey, you'll be out of here in an hour. We'll knock this out. We can move on. Hikoda <laughs> is really playing a good game. He is their best buds, and that's all he wants to do is he wants to knock this out, pass it with flying colours, and then, you know, you and your dad can go because the shops will be open by then and he can get something to eat. You know, he's just making it seem like it's insignificant. The sitting down for this polygraph is going to just absolve him and go with that. And that's what they're trying to do. If he come in and said, you know, you're going to sit down, you're going to sit here until you confess, it wouldn't work. And then um, Watts's team can then say, you know, he, he was brought in under duress and everything. So they make it seem like this was his idea because they pushed him to that point that he goes, I'll take a lie detector test. And they always go, good. <laughs> you know, I love that. Uh, it's funny, though, with everything going on, the narcissist in Watts once again raises its ugly head. I've been getting text messages from like a lot of news places. Okay. I don't know really like, you know, I think that's part of maybe what we game plan today. Um, I mean, not, not just here, like, like today show or I don't like know what to do with that. Well, I think that you certainly can do whatever you need to or want to do. Um, but I think that after this, after we knock this out, we get, we know, we get back to the team and we make a plan. Okay, so um, we get different like advice, like, as far as like her mom said, like if it's a kidnapping, then I would. She said not to talk to anybody. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm like torn of what to do. Well, I her mom told you not to talk. Yeah, her mom's saying because she was advised by someone like a like police or detective there that like if he talks to the media, it might. Oh, to the media. Okay. Mm -hmm. you're, like, yeah. I thought you're talking about to the police. Oh no, no, like, no, no. <laughs> no, like just the media in general. Like, yeah. it's gone. It's, I mean, today's show, Good Morning America, is trying to get a hold of me and my parents, friends. So I just sometimes we release details that 
you know, maybe the public they doesn't know. Me. I know. So no, that's that's what I'm like, I don't want to compete with what's going on here. Oh, he liked uh, name-dropping the Today Show and Good Morning America. He thinks he's a rock star, Amanda. He certainly does. And, you know, because they said, oh, what, you know, like a local journalist has has called you. For him to do those name drops, that's his saying, I'm important. I'm supposed to be on daytime television telling my story. They've got the checkbooks. I'm seeing dollar signs, um, you know, be stuffed to, to the wife and kids. It's about me and how all these people want to talk to me. They want me. They want my story. They see me as this grieving dad. He's lapping it up. He doesn't realise that they've got those checkbooks out because, they want the blood mm. well then trying to be the innocent little lamb that he claims he is he acts dumb when agent lee starts her time with watts by going through the details hey the one on the seat right here chris She's very good. I like her. Uh, she's <laughs> just like, yeah, this is what we do. You're fine. Uh, and if you didn't do it, we move. We, we make it go wider. If you didn't do it, he must <laughs> be shitting himself right now. <laughs> he certainly is. And he's, you know, he's, he's, I love the thing. Oh, I've never done a polygraph before. Like, who does? You know, it's not like a random daily thing that, you know, we just happen to do like, <laughs> Like oh, you're stopping I'll, I'll at a stop sign. It's so red. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't. But but the don't. fact that he says I'm sick to my stomach, remember that because that's going to come back later, and you're going to love the burn that comes with it. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Lee then starts to go over the process that the next few hours will cover, and it's interesting you say hours there, Amanda, because they said oh, an hour or so. So that's an interesting detail. Exactly. Let's see what happens. <laughs> 
On nervousness? Yeah. No. <laughs> There's actually only two ways you can fail a polygraph, okay? Um, the first way would be if you fail to follow my instructions. I'm going to give you a lot of instructions today about how to sit still, how to answer questions, things like that. So if you fail to follow those instructions, you will not pass today's test, okay? The second way would be if you choose to lie to me today. Lie to me today, okay? Um, obviously, this is about 100% truth. Um, even if there's, you know, something that you didn't tell the investigators, you know, since Monday, I guess, is when you ended up, the police were involved. If there's something that you didn't tell them since Monday, like, that is totally fine. Like, I get it. You know, people aren't going to remember every single detail every time they mm -hmm. talk to someone. As long as you tell me what the truth is today, you will have no problem passing, okay? Mm -hmm. I promise you that. And obviously, I mean, I hope that, you know, if you did have something to do with their disappearance, um, it would be really stupid for you to come in and take a polygraph today, right? Like, it would be really dumb. Like, you should not be here right now sitting in this chair if you had anything to do with Shanann and the little girl's disappearance, okay? Oh, he's not saying much, is he? <laughs> He thought he was going to come in and say, oh, I'm nervous, so, you know, I'm probably going to fail this. And she goes, that's not how it goes. The only way you're going to fail is if you lie to me. It's not about, oh, oops, I, f I forgot there was a red car instead of a blue car. If you make any form of lie to the questions I'm going to ask you, you're an idiot for being here. This is a lose-lose <laughs> situation. Even if he now says, oh, no, I'm not doing this, I'm out, they're going to say, well, too bad, get, we're, we're going to come for you and we're going to get a warrant to actually get you to do this you know properly and it's just i just love how she says if you're lying and if you did this you really shouldn't have done this i just love Jeez. it <laughs> i like the way she handles it well lee then goes through a few more points let's have a look at this man um obviously chris you're not under arrest i have no plans on arresting you um at any point today if you decide you want to leave the door is right there there is a it locks us in here. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all that was. So there's a key in there now. So you can, um, if you just turn the key, it lets you out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And at any point today, even after all these components are attached to you, if you decide at that point, you know what, I don't want to take this polygraph, I don't want to be here, this is BS, whatever, that is completely fine. Just please allow me to unattach my components before you drag my $6,000 instrument on the floor <laughs> and run out of here. Um, and it's kind of a little maze back here, so I will show you the way out at any point if you decide you know what, I don't want to take this polygraph, I don't want to be here, I don't want to do this, that is completely fine. The door does have to be shut for privacy just because um, noise does affect the polygraph. And um, I will read you your rights today, and that's just because the polygraph um, components are pretty restrictive, you know, they go around your chest and stuff, and you may feel at some point that you're not free to leave, but like I said before, at any point I will unattach all the components and, and show you the way out if you decide, even in the middle of the polygraph if you don't want to continue to take it, okay? Mm -hmm. Run, you idiot! She's giving you the out! Run! <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, the other thought going through my head is, run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, <laughs> run, run. run. <laughs> Melbourne tourist or something. That was, that's a very <laughs> I think it's an actual song. Random too. connection. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. It is. It is. Um, yeah. But like she's saying, you know, the, the door's open. There's a key in it. Go. You know. Literally, I love because usually it's like all these formal things, and we see them in dark rooms. Like this is the first polygraph that we've actually done on on the pod, and so this is the one, the first one I've seen in full. Because usually we just get to see mm. snippets, but this is so much fun. 
it's horrible and heinous and and terrible. No, but it's fun watching because it's bringing this bastard this, it's down. Absolutely. So it is fun. <laughs> It certainly is, and I'm 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 in for it. That's for sure. Oh, I'm fascinated. Well, after reading Watts as he writes and going through some of his personal details about his life, his childhood, and his family, the, Lee then asks Watts to go from the time he met Shanann. Okay, so 2010, felt we met. We met. We met pretty much through Facebook because of my cousin's wife. And she like recommended us as friends type thing, and that's how we kind of started talking. And our first date was a movie theater. Didn't really impress her much because like I was like it was actually a nice theater. I didn't really know what I was walking into as far as like I walked in and there was like a doorman and he was all dressed in a suit and I was in camo shorts and DC shoes and I was like yeah I was like okay hopefully I'm not I'm very underdressed for this. But like I walk in and I see her and she's all dressed really nice and. Like she, she told me like like after the fact like man I hope that's not him <laughs> kind of deal like because like we know what it looked like but like I wasn't really dressed for the for what we were doing then but on the second day I actually made him stick again with the same thing because I kind of forgot what I wore but I went to a K Rock concert and like I think that's kind of where I went I won her over because like we actually got to like the actual concert and like. I forgot, our, I, I forgot my ID, so I couldn't actually get in. So I actually ran back like two miles to the car and got it and came back. And I was just like, I mean, I was just like soaking wet. I was just like, it was like middle of July, August, and like South Carolina and humidity and everything like that. It's an army base. So I was just like, I ran back, got it, and everything like that. And then I think it was our next date, actually went to Myrtle Beach. And like, she had lupus. So her lupus was really like acting up in North Carolina. So like like she had like these flare ups, joint pains, all that kind of thing. And we were driving back, like she laid on me pretty much the entire way back. And I think that's when like she realized like this guy's actually pretty pretty nice because like he didn't ask he didn't tell me like, alright, get off my lap or type thing. Like I just let her just rest on me the entire way back. It was like two and a half hour ride from Royal Beach to Charlotte, the Belmont area. But yeah, we just everything flourished from there. Like in 2011, I, I proposed to her over in Ocean Isle Beach. Like that, that was around our anniversary. And um, I did a ride there on the beach at night. And I tell me she was extremely tired, and I was like, I just want to do this. Like, I want to do it, like today. And she knew like like so why are you being so like persistent and getting me like out here right now? I was like, well, let's just, let's, let's just go out to the beach. It's a nice night. Proposed her on the beach, said yes, and everybody was. Rise of ecstatic and everything, and she she loves she's very organized. She's like OCD about like organization, putting things like like you saw like the pantry, you see like, everything's just like named in a container all the way down. Like it's very easy for if you just came into our house, you would you would know what stuff was, you would know like where everything was. It would be easy. So like everything was just she was planning the way everything was great, and then in 2012. She were here, but she was planning somebody from here. But everybody was back in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So it was a guess you call it destination wedding if you want, because I fly back for that. So we got married in like the Double Tree Hilton Hotel that was there. It was like in the court. It was in November, and it was underneath one of the big tents and everything it was beautiful. And it, went, it was it was it was amazing. And we went to Myrtle Beach for the for the honeymoon. 
And then 2013, December 17th, that's when Bella was born. Like, we've been trying for a while, and nothing was happening as far as getting pregnant or whatnot. And she's, well, nothing was. She said, so since we're not getting pregnant, since it's not happening, like, I'm going to buy a supercharger for your car. Like, okay. And then it turned out that weekend we can see Bella. Is it just me, or is there a bit of animosity in there? There is, you know, he's he's talking about the Shadan ruled the roost, that she was in charge and that literally he worked for her under her MLM business. And, you know, it, it comes to a point that it, it's it's victim shaming. He's he's uh, victim blaming, sorry. He's he's saying that she sort of controlled him so much and that there's that major resentment there. And this is him now sort of showing the true side of, of what's going on, not just, you know, I'm just a great dad, but it, there, there is a power struggle, it seems to be. And I think mm. with his weight loss and everything that that, that was involved in, in the pills or patches or whatever she was selling, um, he found his own strength. And I think that that's where it started to fall apart. And so now he's saying, well, if she wasn't so controlling, I wouldn't be here right now. Well, I think it's worth putting up a photo, Amanda, right now. Have a look at this where we've got the photo of Watts when he was a larger man and after when he had used the pills and obviously did a bit of working out, that's a dramatic difference. And so if mm -hmm. this is a man who's been a larger man throughout his whole life and then had um, uh, lost his weight, became a bit sexier, that power struggle that started when he was a different physical shape uh, that's obviously turned in his head. Yeah, and, and we do see a lot of women and men go through this in, in, in relationships. They get to that point that they decide that, hang on a sec, I've spent all this time looking after kids and, and, and being that person that it's time to now get myself fit and healthy. And I did it a couple of years ago too. I was half this size. Um, you know, and, and, and we do that. And then there's that increase in confidence and it's like, well, am I settling now because I'm hotter than you? And there's this like um, <laughs> this this equality just breaks down and, and it does happen a lot. I know a lot of people who break up because one of them gets hot. Really? So. Well, you know, I, I will it. just say I don't exercise, I eat junk, I uh, don't eat vegetables or fruit, and look at me, baby. <laughs> uh, now, we're often told that when someone is lying about a missing person, we've got to listen to the tense they use, i.e. they use was instead of is. So let's listen in as Watts talks about his daughters. Okay, so keep going from um, after Celeste was born. So after Celeste was born, I mean, we, we kind of thought, I mean, like, we kind of see how two kids went. Just, the, I mean, they were just, like, rambunctious, you know, they're just, they're sister love. And now they're four and three, that would be five in December. So it was like, if it happens, it happens as far as like having like, she's fertility totally on both Bella and Celeste. Oh, she did? Yeah. Okay. Like, this, the third child now, it was, she was on like no medication, nothing like that, which is just on Thrive. Like she's healthy, she feels healthier now. Mm -hmm. And then like with, with the Thrive, she really thinks that like, I mean, we only tried like twice and it happened. Oh. So she really thinks that it was more of like being a healthier person Sometimes just having the stress off, like, you know, having my kids, so this is just a bonus. Or, you know, oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I could definitely, like, 
seems like a lot of women think, oh, we're, you know, we can't get pregnant and they have a baby and then they're, you know, they're not worried about it anymore. So uh -huh. then they get pregnant again. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, anything would happen again. So, yeah. So, um, tell me about after that. So, it was just like yeah, after we didn't think it would actually happen. So like we really think like uh, being on like being a healthier like lifestyle, being healthier, really helped us. Like I mean, only really trying twice, and boom, and like it happened. So it's just been. And when did she find out she was pregnant? I would say it was in probably the first or second of June. <laughs> Uh, so, despite what we just said, Amanda, he used the present tense. She is. She will be. There is no talking about the girls in the past past tense. No, it's a fallacy. It works beautifully on TV when people go, oh, yeah, but he said was instead of is. Mm. When we lose someone, regardless of how we lose them, we don't talk about people in the past tense. It often takes a lot of time because that's part of, of the grieving process, that you get to a point where you can sort of uh, separate yourself from that and use the, the past tense. It doesn't happen two days after they've gone, you know, and he isn't, like, he is going to be mindful not to say was, but people don't because people, though they're dead and whether it's, you know, um, murder, suicide, natural causes, it, disease and illness we we don't separate our lives from them until like a lot later so saying is is perfectly understandable and it's not just oh he's thinking about this and doing properly this is what people do it's 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 fact it's not mm. something that that works in in real life tv yep it works all the time and i've even written written it in my fiction books but it doesn't happen in real life right it's also fascinating watching this uh lie detector test it's not going beep beep like you told a lie, like we get used to in TV and movies, like ding, truth, beep, beep, lie, yeah. you know. So, uh, I, sorry, that's just an aside for me. Lee then gets Watts to go through the last few days. Okay, so why don't you kind of start there and just take me up until yesterday. Okay. And so, as detailed as you can. Okay, so over well, there in North Carolina, it was like very there to see my family and obviously her family and just kind of like, because they haven't seen the kids in a while, as far as our kids. And um, so they were just there, just, she had a couple things she wanted to do there as far as like, like meeting up with her promoters and customers that, she had a bunch over there in North Carolina. So she was hoping that she could meet everybody else over there and have like her dad, my her dad and mom and my mom and dad like have fun, sorry, with the kids. Mm -hmm. And like um, babysitters, heck yeah. I know. <laughs> But yeah, it was mainly like just a, a little family, like a little family vacation for, for them right now, for them on that trip, just to, for everybody just to see the girls. And Celeste's birthday was during that on July 17th. So they had a birthday party there with, um, with like jumpy houses and stuff like that. And they FaceTimed me during it so I could see it and have a birthday party out here for her because it was, you know, when they got back it was in August. So. Right. So, but yeah, I got to FaceTime and watch it all, and it was pretty much just hanging out with family the entire time. Okay. Yeah. And I was here just going to work and working out and going running and just keeping keeping the house up and doing that. And just, I waited till it, my flight was July 31st, and I flew out there for a week. And I was, I was, I flew out there for a week so I could fly back with them. So we went, so July 31st, I got there, stayed at mom and dad's house. The next day we drove to the beach, stayed there for about four or five days, 
It was in North Myrtle Beach. And we, first time the kids had seen the beach. So they were ecstatic, obviously seeing waves, being, being in the sand. They love sand. Unfortunately, they love sand. Because it's just like you get back, you just got to shower them off. Because Cece was so like into the, the beach that I her paint suit was just full of seashells. It was like, oh, okay, let's just get this get all this off of you and rinse you off, please. But yeah, it was it was an awesome trip. Like just seeing them react to the to the ocean, and then we went to like Broadway at the beach. It was a Broadway like an like outdoor little mall, and they got to go in these like little you know, like where they strap you in a harness, and you get just to jump and jump like jump higher. Yeah. And yeah, and that was plus they just they love that. They just love jumping that high. You know, Amanda, if you didn't know any better, you would not believe that man talking so lovingly about his little girls is a brutal murderer. It is, and this is, you know, and this is what this podcast is all about. They are normal people. They are the dads, the wives, the the, the children, the sons, the uncles. It's 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 a normal person who absolutely converts into an extraordinary situation. But yet, you know. I still believe that the girls were actually collateral damage. I really thought that if he could have got away with not killing them, he would have. Um, but it was then about self-preservation. But, you know, we can see that there's no love lost between him and Shannon. He was really done with her and he barely mentions her at all. But, yeah, I really think that he is weighing heavy on himself the guilt that he feels about what he did to his daughters. But that's no excuse still. You know, I still think he's one of the most vile human beings to ever walk the earth. Um, but it's just interesting that he's so focused on them and was essentially in, in real life, though we know that what he's telling isn't the full truth of him spending time with them. Yeah. Well, Amanda, so we, we're seeing the lie detector test now. Will we get the results in the next episode of Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions? Oh, yes, we've only just scratched the surface. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see what gets uncovered next week when we bring you part six, my goodness, of Chris Watts and the interrogation of those terrible murders of his wife and his two young daughters. This is Monsters Who Murder. I am Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight on Twitter. That's Amanda Howard. You can find her at Amanda Howard 73 Amanda, thanks once again. We'll see you next week. See you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.